Ladies and gentlemen, and our friends beyond the binary, it is time to put your ears together for Indie A. You'll give up your pursuit or we will fire at will. I love you. So I want you to find this girl. Can I have a baby? Oh, please. The all-seeing eye. Go ahead. Make my audio drama. Sound engineer, we have a problem. Talking to me? I'm talking to you. Don't see any other actors in this booth. You can't handle the booth! Looking at you, Patreons. Hello and welcome to Indie AF with me, Sarah Goulding. Hello. We have for you today one of the best freelance. I'm a freelancer. Producers of audio fiction, having a play and a delve into the realms of the capabilities of sound production and experimentation can actually do. Yes, it's creator-producer of Canaan Fields and the Lightning Bottler and more. And also creator of this truly groovy theme music. Yes, it's Oliver Morris. Woohoo! <laughs> Enjoy! I feel I should sing, zing, a ring-a-ling, ding-ding to a king of rhymes that ping and grow and words that oh and woo and flow. This fella is a freelancer, a he-he-he-lancer, a maker of cane and fields and lightning bottle and oh so much more. Very talented actually in musicianship if you need someone. And oh, the wordsmithery is sublime. This person is an all-round hugely talented creative on the audio fiction scene. Welcome to Indie AF, Oliver Morris! Hello! Oh, hello. hello! Hello! Cheering, fireworks, crowd surging, people Girl. screaming of excitement. Ooh. How lovely to have you here, sir. How the devil are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here <laughs> oh, in my living room. Uh, <laughs> with a microphone in front of me and a cat on my heels. Do you know, we all we all yearn to have that life, don't we? It's um, pretty good. <laughs> That's where the magic happens, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I wonder if we could just start with one of the smaller questions in, like, uh, maybe if you could possibly just summarise the whole audio fiction landscape right now here in 2021, Ollie. What's going oh, on? OK. I'm going to ask you, because right. you, know, you know these things. <laughs> oh, gosh. I've been pretty bubbled recently just because... One of the things that happens when, when you make an audio drama is you tend to batten down the hatches for a little while so you don't there get overly influenced by um, other creatives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but what have I been enjoying recently? I've been enjoying Midnight Burger. Um, I've been following with great passion the the final recording sessions for The Wooden Overcoats. I know, I'm a bit sad. Yeah. I think, a... you know, as long as none of them actually do need a wooden overcoat, they could just come back, couldn't they? I, I don't know. I feel like there is a there is a there is a joy in ending things in as much yes. as there is a joy in continuing things. This is true. I mean ABBA came back what forty years later, so maybe forty years kids, we've got a new show. Oh yeah. Like they'll come back together when they do the um the, the T V series. Oh, yeah. Surely. Yeah. When they do the Netflix that, special. And then the films. Yeah. Brilliant. Exactly. Cool. That'd be good. Hey, maybe we could get a cameo role in the background waving or something. Uh <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> So beyond that, yeah, how, how how on earth have you got embroiled in this wonderful world of audio fiction? I know you've kind of done it properly, haven't you? You did a course and everything. Um, I did do a course. Was it Bournemouth? Did. Was it where you went to It was in Bournemouth, Bournemouth, yeah. What a beautiful place. Unfortunately, that course doesn't exist anymore. No. They they took the whole department out and replaced it with an AR department <gasps> instead, so like augmented reality what? stuff. Sacrilege. Yeah. 
It's, it's, they were like, there's no future in radio, just as the podcast industry started oh to Oh my gosh, I've got so many swear words in my head right now. I'll say a word. <laughs> wow. But no, did you find it useful to, you know, actually do that in a, what's called considered proper way, I suppose? Well, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a very interesting Learning. experience because mm. what the course was about Bournemouth in particular was about sort of future proofing the medium and kind of learning what's going to come next in order to sort of um preempt the the problems that would come in the future Mm, so it was one of the first internet radio stations was burst which was the Bournemouth internet student radio station or student station b-i-r-s-t radio student (laughs) something s-t was student i think Ah, um or something like that or station, I can't remember. But the point was that um, they they were very good about sort of future proofing. So I went over there, and they were good with kind of like, here's where the medium's at. Here's where the medium's going. Here's a history of radio. Here's uh, here's a whole bunch of like editors, sound designers, directors. Like you work in very you worked very closely with like the visual side of things, uh-huh, right? Um, it's also where I met Jude, Huzzah! who is my partner in crime when yes. it comes to audio making. Is he the feels? Who's the cane? Who's the what? How's he's the uh, he's the sound designer. <laughs> he's the narrator. Yeah. Um, we I think we had a chat about that once, and he said, you know, the the existence of the narrator means that there is just someone in a book in a room full of dusty tomes, <laughs> um, uh, who 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 has the story of Cain and Fields in the palm of his hand. And uh, he's, you know, he's some sort of blogger or archivist or something like. Like yes. there is a, there is a framing device outside the framing device, and that's what Jude does. Love it. And then occasionally he just says day trippers in very weird ways. <laughs> She's actually quite therapeutic. Let's try it now. Day trippers. It's quite good. Yeah, try it. one more. Day trippers. Nice. Yeah, everyone should do that once in a while. <laughs> Slow your life down and say words. Yeah, no, that's a gro- groovy, fortuitous meeting. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And and so, yeah, I, I guess, you know, you've been out as a freelancer in this crazy world doing not just audio fiction, but yeah, what, um, what lures you to tell your stories using fiction then? What is your, your passion mm. for that way of telling a story? Fiction is... Uh, because I've I've worked in both. I've worked in documentary and I've worked in in fiction. Mm. And for me, I, I don't know. I I like telling fantastical stories, not necessarily fantasy, but like fantastic stories. I don't know what that means. Fanta here. Yeah. I've just made a new thing up. Did you see what I did? Exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah i yeah so i don't know i don't know what draws me to fiction over the the documentary i guess in a way fiction is yes rags fiction is slightly more truthful right Mm. it's it's more um it's more kind of um i like 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 documentary is about manipulating the truth in order to create a narrative (laughs) whereas Mm. with fiction it's about getting to a truth while making stuff up <laughs> so so yeah it seems the the more honest of the two in the medium in my humble opinion mm. um yeah uh, that's a really good question <laughs> i hadn't thought of that <laughs> i think for me as well it's just the problem solving aspect i mean i'm very amateur in my production 
uh, you know, journey. I'm very early on in it, really, just experimenting and playing. And I just think that, um, you know, just thinking around as a listener, when you're listening back to what you're creating, Mm. have you really been able to convince yourself (laughs) that that person is in that place at that time with those things happening around or to them and and I mean what about the the, the landscape of now I mean you, you mentioned a, a couple of shows that you've listened to what do you think is missing from the scene what do we need more of right now oh I want to see some Pride and Prejudice adaptations right. I want to see some like like there's a there's a whole chunk of you know stories that have been told that are out of copyright which are as fantastical as as the sort of stuff that we mm. can imagine Scandalous, today some of them yeah yeah absolutely yeah. lady chatterley's lover I, you know is out of copyright mm. uh-huh. no one's made it yet yeah. mm. i mean actually that's not true there was definitely a radio 4 adaption that i heard and i was like ooh ooh racy much it's, it's <laughs> not radio that's not four. <laughs> you know, it's 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 one of those. It's it's a bit like um, that Muppets Christmas Carol bit where they go, "Isn't this a bit scary for kids?" And they just go, "Nah, it's culture." <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this a bit racy for a Radio Four audience? Nah, it's culture. It's fine. It's it's a classic. Like you see, Radio Four growing up a little bit with everything yeah. they release. Um, no, that's very exciting. And yeah, I, I think I love a bit of Regency romance. Having played Georgette Heyer um, for the podcast by by the amazing Sarah May Tucson, I think. Uh, that's something oh, that hasn't really been tapped very much yet and uh, yeah I, I, well folks who are listening if you can think of other things that you feel are missing from the uh, landscape do tweet us on at Quirky Voices and at Oliver R. Morris and just tell us because we'd love tell to us. know and then we can maybe make it uh, yeah we'll make it that's the plan <laughs> <laughs> that was a sneaky way of market research did you see what we did Ollie do you think they noticed I did I did I um, did <laughs> it's very cool <laughs> Whoops! What did you say? Enjoy your audio pictures of the day. Hi. Hello, Sarah and listeners of Indie AF. This is Emma Johanna Purinen. I'm the creator of the science fiction audio drama Rogue Maker, and I am here to give you my five picks for shows that I think need a lot more listeners because they're really freaking good. So first up, we've got Midnight Burger. So if you like Doctor Who, but you want like the American diner version of Doctor Who, this is the show for you. This is about a diner called Midnight Burger that reappears somewhere in time and space every 24 hours. The only thing that's constant is they open at 6. But along the way, they meet all sorts of aliens, monsters, strange dystopias, and just other weird characters. It's a lot of fun. Now, my next pick is called Tides. Tides is about Dr. Winifred Uris, who is a biologist who is stranded on this faraway moon of a gas giant. And she's trying to get back to her ship and crew. And as she's doing so, she's logging all the really neat alien creatures she meets on this moon that has, as you could guess from the title, very strong tides. So on Earth, you can have tides change 
by several meters over the course of the day. On this moon, Fawns, it changes by like a hundred meters um, every tide cycle or something ridiculous like that. So there is a whole lot of life that has adapted to live in this specific environment. And like, I'm a scientist and I just, listening to this show, I could just tell there's like this rabid love of really cool science and biology and astronomy, like permeating the entire fabric of the show. And that's why I think you should listen to it. So up next, I've got Breathing Space, Fading Frontier, which is a sci-fi Western anthology that takes place in a future version of our own solar system. This is a pretty hard sci-fi show, and it's an anthology, which means it's all set in the same sort of fictional universe, but every episode has new characters and a new scenario, and this show goes from like pure Western to horror to slice of life to like heist comedy. It's all over the place in the best way, and yet the universe still feels really consistent and cohesive. It's also often described as a gay unionist show, so if you're into that sort of thing, check out Breathing Space Fading Frontier. Next up, we've got The Stench of Adventure, which is... If you like Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide, you will absolutely love The Stench of Adventure. It's one of those shows that makes comedy just feel very kind and nice. Like there's this strong emotional core to the show and yet it's like funny as hell as you travel along with Stella and the members of the Starship Raccoon, which is an intergalactic trash collecting vessel, if that gives you any sense of what the show is like. The captain's a horse, so that's fun. Absolutely. You should check out The Stench of Adventure. And lest you think I only listen to sci-fi, the last show on my list, and this list has been in no particular order, but the last one I want to talk about today is Electromancy, which takes place at a school for magic in a sort of steampunkish environment. Um, there's all sorts of different types of magic that is treated like science in universe. So there's electromancers who can shoot electricity. There's pyromancers who, who can use fire. Uh, cryomancers who can use ice and then also psychomancers who can read your mind and things like that and in this society everyone who has magical ability has to go to this sort of school for the state and they have to serve the state for a few years so it starts small with just this core of students as our main characters and you can just tell it's going to expand and expand and be about the political situation and the scary ramifications of having to use your magic to serve this empire Um, So that is my five picks for this week in no particular order, just shows that I think are really freaking good and could use some more love. So why not give them a listen? Thank you. Whoops, whoop-doo. What did we do? We shared pod AF highlights with you. Hi. So let's like hone in on the glorious world and beyond of Canaan Fields. And uh, yeah, for those who haven't for some reason found it, um, could you summarise it? Is it possible? Oh, absolutely. It's about (laughs) two paranormal detectives who... It's about two paranormal detectives. They're British. They have a penchant for wrestling and uh, and noir vibes. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a horror noir audio fiction podcast yep. about two guys searching for the unseen. You know, if you if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're you know seeing stuff out the corner of your eye, if you've looked where you shouldn't, dun, dun, dun. then you might require the services of Canaan Fields Paranormal Investigators. Love it. Now I, I listen to this show in black and white. 
it's like got that groovy feel to it for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when I'm getting those pictures of that seascapes and those places and the shops, everything's in black and white. I, I, I think other people should try it. It's quite a fun thing. Uh, <laughs> I've been, I mean, I've been trying to paint it as multicolored as possible. So that's well, yeah, no, you do, you do. There are moments where it becomes the Wizard of Oz and everything is sprawling Technicolor, right? But yeah. I think if you start off with it like that, it's a quite an interesting way to listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never um, thought of listening to it in black and white. Like See, look at all these things we're coming up with for people to try. It's wondrous. It's very uh, <laughs> And when you've kind of created the the piece, of, you know, the, you've got the actors in the the space to to make it. Mm. How did you work through those things? You had them actually together with you, yeah. it seems. So, which is wonderful, and I think a lot of people do prefer and want to do that. You know, times and needs must, and all that. Mm. Um, but yeah, how did that work out? Were you directing folks? So I was, I was, I was kind of producing. Mm. My job was basically to produce it in in as much as find locations, get people there on time. Like like the the sort of the nitty gritty admin stuff was was sort of the thing I was doing. Uh, Jude was doing the directing, and then and then Jack was sort of on hand to to sort of fill in the gaps basically, uh-huh. right. uh, which which sort of did come up and and we're sort of you know I'm I'm grateful till the day I die for for sort of Jack's contribution during the, that time. Yeah. You know, I was getting scripts together. I was, I, I was not very good at my job of producing. Um, you know, I was, I just had like piles of scripts everywhere, and and like they were folded together, and it was a whole nightmare. And like, oh god, what scenes are we doing now? We're doing scenes five, seven, and eight today. Let me just gut this script because we've already used scenes three and four. You know, like all this uh-huh, sort of, uh-huh. all this jazz. I'm sure people are going, yeah, I do that. I do that too. At home. <laughs> This is me. Yeah. Um, and then when we had the actors in the room, it was it was brilliant because we could just feed off each other. We, you know, there was energies that, that yeah. we sort of got out of it that we wouldn't expect otherwise. There was there was mm. it was just um, glorious. Like like you know the one of my favorite moments is still um, there's a there's a bit in I think episode four where. Hannah is sitting on a bench. Hannah, one of the characters, Hannah is sitting on a bench, and Lucifer Kane is behind a tree, like looking out at her, mm. trying to go like, "Well, what are you doing?" and 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 sort of spying on her essentially. Right. And he goes, "Oh, so you've seen me then?" And she's like, "Yeah, I've seen you." But um, to do that scene, we had like a Tascam handheld digital recorder. Uh-huh. We had Jude sitting on the bench next to Greta, who plays Hannah. And we had Jack sitting in a tree, like, three metres away. And so we got to play that out in, like, real time. And, like, all that sort of... Like, like I cannot stress enough, like, using that... Recording on location mm. was what made it what it was like yeah. like we so we have been praised for, yeah. for our like use of space mm. and it feels like cheating because all we did was use a flat well i don't know i think that's what i think a lot of shows are missing they are flat themselves for not 
being in a flat, right? I think, and and the, yeah, the sort of the resonance that your your show has within it, and yes, the ambience of it. it I think it's something that really makes it more immersive and, and groovy, definitely in the landscape. Um, there is, so, a, there yeah. is. A, I was just going to say there is a strange thing when it comes to mine and Jude's sound design, which is Jude is Jude is an absolute master when it comes to the whizzes and bangs and mm. and uh, uh, and and sort of purveying like like being able to show action mm. or, or or make action possible in this sort of thing he's he's also just good at these sort of little sound effects that just bring a scene alive yeah. my yeah. background in audio production and uh and particularly in sound design what i'm good at is making room tones Okay. Cool. So, which is just such a it's it's as a skill. It's like, what do you do? Oh, I make things sound slightly worse. <laughs> but but that's that's like, that's my bread and butter. That's the thing that I I do good at. Is but this is the thing, isn't it? <laughs> Thinking outside the box like that. I mean, editing wise, how could somebody who wants to learn to think that way? What can you do to like? prepare yourself for developing that kind of skill uh thinking listen to a bunch of rooms yes i mean that's it's it's a it's i feel a bit uh, what's the word uh flippant i that sounds a bit flippant you know Uh, saying uh, oh just go and listen to some rooms but but you do you get like vastly different room tones from various you'll get like three different room tones from three different rooms in your house sure you know depending on whether you've got linoleum floors or whether you've got carpet or whether you've got walls or whether you've got tapestries on the walls or you know whatever it is there's there's always a there's always just sort of a difference in sound quality Mm. and Mm. you can do you know you can grab your your you know phone and sort of do some voice memos and sort of get a sense of the sound in every room sort of see how it changes depending on on sort of how you're speaking and all these sorts of things but the the craft of it just comes from sitting around with reverb plugins and echo plugins and <laughs> eq plugins and 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 just sort of futzing with it until it sounds like it's right yes. you know it, it's it's uh futzing is a verb i love ah you gotta futz to- with it I'm going to now utilise a lot more in my life. <laughs> it's like fixing and f*** with it at the same time. Excuse my language. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, I, and, and I just wanted to also perhaps take apart how you record in that flat. Like, what setup technically have you got? If someone wants to do that, what okay, are the best so ways of, of yeah creating the best environment for that? You get a Tascam DR40. Which is the equivalent of a Zoom H5n, but it's slightly chunkier mm-hmm. uh, and slightly cheaper, I think. Okay. But it's the bit of hardware that they taught us to use at Bournemouth, so it's it's oh. been the bit of hardware that I've used since then. No. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you get you get something like that, and then you and then you get a dude with a set of earphones. So this was Jude's job. So when Jude was a director, Jude was listening to everything through this Tascam. Kind of and and would follow the action in a sort of David Fincher camera kind of way. Mm-hmm. So you know we would have uh, uh, you know we would have so so one of the the classic scenes is you would have Kane in the living room and Fields in the kitchen, and there was the way that the the set was uh, the set the way that the flat was designed was that you would have like like the kitchen was a little nook with a little window in it, yeah. and the the flat you know and then the living room was on the other side of the wall. 
but there was a place you could stand where you could get like the X Y to to capture both sides of the conversation at once cool. and capture that deadness in the middle. Um, so so yeah so so the answer is you know the, use your Tascam as you would a um, a, a camera. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. pointed at the thing that's important at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> You know, use use the A B setting, which is where you have the instead of it crossing the, the streams crossing, you have it wide, yeah, uh, which gives you a sort of uh, panoramic picture in audio. Mm. Um, like like the I you know you could do this with a phone. I don't think it would be as effective. Sure, you could do it with a with one of those little kind of handheld recording devices you get for like conferences and stuff which have the little yeah. xy on top yep you could yep. probably do it with one of those mm. um so yeah for all you, budgets. <laughs> yeah so you can you just you just need to have some friends who work at lucasarts who are busy between nine and five and you can then invite all your friends around <laughs> Come sit in their flat this for a bit. Like lovely friends. And did you treat the space in any way at all, or just left? No, it no, no. We the, we just the vibrancy of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We 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 lived for the. You know, we wanted it to sound like a flat. Mm. And luckily, it was already furnished like a flat, so yes. we didn't have to do much to to. You know, I've seen pictures of Dirk Mags working on Neverwhere, where he's mm. he's he's like bought as much furniture as is physically possible. <laughs> yes in order to sort of create that ambience in a studio. Mm. Um, but the thing is that, that you there's stuff like that in, in your room. I remember we had to do one pickup scene for Kane and Fields in episode five, which I think might be a scene we play later. Uh-huh. And and one of the bits is that we, we recorded it around uh, Jack's house and we, we didn't have Jude on the day because Jude had started working. Jude absolutely betrayed us at the end of the first season by getting a good nine to five paying job. <sighs> How dare he? How dare he go into in the medium that he wanted to work in as well? (laughs) So we're all very jealous of Jude. Yeah, no, this is glorious. Well done, Jude. Actually, congratulations. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Where's a frazz? Keep going. It will happen to us all. Come one day. One day. One day. (laughs) But yeah. um, uh, So so it was just me and Jack recording. I just put a Tascam, what was essentially in front of his television. Mm. And then we just did the whole scene, moving around, blocking it. Like, that's the thing, is you get to block scenes. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's, yeah. a, there's a real freedom in, in kind of working in a, in, a, in a real space, as yeah. it were. I love that. So more people, please do that. If you can, just do it. Why, why try and spend 10 hours trying to get the, the editing effects and downloading sound effects and creating Foley when you could just be in the actual space yeah. for, for, for not much trouble? And, yeah. I, and I mean, I should say that when we did season two, which was all set in a seaside town, we completely threw that philosophy out the window. Okay. <laughs> And just recorded it all in a studio because we had access to a studio. Well, I was going to say I had the delight to join you. Oh, of course. Yes. yes. And that, um, I must say, was really good fun coming down. I had a lovely little cameo uh, of fun in uh, in it. And yeah, tippy. And there's a lot to be said for just, yeah, rocking up, having had a little browse and a play with the script and then being told that you can also play a bit more. And I, I wonder if we could talk about that style of your directing once you're in the studio with actors and how you kind of eke out what you want from it's, them. It's interesting. <laughs> like, it's it sort of varies depending on 
the 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 script, the character. So so our more austere characters mm. um, were not allowed to deviate from the script. So so for okay. example, the Yawning Man or Saint Dunstan. You know, uh, he uh, that that character had this very sort of uh, uh, robust uh, sort of way of speaking that, that we were like attached to. Like there were bits of writing we were attached to and bits of writing where it was like, this is a this is a scene which needs to happen in order to carry the plot along, but like that's it. Uh-huh. You know, these sort of interstitial scenes. Um, so so you so you were one of a select few that kind of were allowed to improv. Mm. We we had a whole the the woman who plays Janine Ali Campbell. Mm. We 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 said, hey, do you want to just freestyle something? And she gave us the most appall- like appalling in the 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 sort of sensible sense. This appalling story about crushing a hamster. Okay. And we were like, oh my god, this is actually scarier than anything that we've written for you. Um, and then we had, uh, everything we recorded with Jenny, uh, was, uh, we had a script, but we, we just sort of went off script for certain bits of it. And, uh, you know, especially when we were sort of exploring the room, we, we, you know, we, it was like, well, there's a script, but we don't really need it. It's just, (laughs) it's just words. Um, <laughs> and um, and a lot of I think the episode four, which we just released, um, the initial the initial recording we did was at the Obelisk in the South Bank in London, yeah, yeah, or on the mm. North Bank next to the South Bank, kind of thing, yes. yeah, yes, um, in in London, and we would have used it, but unfortunately the winds weren't on our side <gasps> that day, no. so we we recorded it all again, but again. We didn't have a script for episode four. We just had, we had these vignettes, which we'd already recorded. And then it was like, right, we need the interstitial juice between Kane and Fields. What do we do? And it's like, well, let's get the mics on. We'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's very important to kind of have that like element of letting your characters sort of explore their character, you know, letting your actors explore their characters, letting go of the script sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know, I tr- I'm trying to remember what we used to call it in a level drama or GCSE drama, mm-hmm. um, where you, where you have a piece, which you've sort of divide a devised Devised, piece, yes. you know? Mm. So, so allowing for that division, Division, devising. devising, allowing for the devising is, is 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 groovy. You know, it's it sort of mm. it adds something to the script. It adds a, a realness or a rawness and a sort of a laxadaisical or a, a, a it adds something to the script. It adds a sort of je ne sais quoi. Yeah. I guess it's 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 very wonderful. I, I mean, and as an actor, I think that's so fun. You know, and I I have had a few scripts over the years that just basically in, in brackets say Sarah. Do what you like. <laughs> um, underneath, fade out. Um, I had that for a Scottish podcast and Y2K and a few oh, others. And it's just, I think that's been really good good fun to be able to just do whatever. Because once you, I think you've perhaps played a character a few times at least, um, I don't know, they do start, the, you start to think as them, yeah. right? When you're reading the script, you are them and you are in the moment as them. And that's why these other little things in, uh, reaction to whatever someone else has said to you or is doing to you or around you it, it's, it's exciting to, to play with right so so yeah give you Absolutely. give some actors a chance to breathe and play some life into 
to your your shows. I think that's a groovy thing to do. And I guess looking at like shaping it, we've talked a little bit about the editing and you're a very accomplished uh, creative yourself as far as uh, design is concerned. Where do Thank you get your, your sound effects and your ideas and inspirations Ooh. for those? What's your sources of happiness? So, so free sound, free sound is, is, a, is a marvel. Mm, Archive.org, if you're looking for kind of music that's out of copyrights. Okay, yes. Um, freesound.org is, is, is what the show was in its first season. Mm. Um, mm. Jude has since got an extensive sound library, but I'm still a free sounder. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Occasionally, you will need to drop a bottle into a bathtub. Right. Like, occasionally, there will just be like, well, we need this deeply specific sound, and the... The only way for us to do it is to to go out into the field and 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 get that sound. Um, in in our episode six, there is a creature that lives in the bushes. There's a god that lives in the bushes. Mm, as you do. Uh, and and so, <laughs> me and Jude went to Brockwell Park yeah. in um in Brixton yeah. with a sound recorder and and we just sat and Got rustled bushes. some bushes. And um, there's a we've got like a seven minute version of it on our Patreon, which is just us going around like, oh, listen, look at this bush. <laughs> that one better than this one. What about these yeah. leaves over here? <laughs> um, or, or or the eponymous Jude and Ollie drop stuff in a bath, mm. which starts with me just um, dropping like a bottle in there, and it just goes thonk immediately <laughs> against the yeah. hard surface of Not the bath. Quite what uh, it wasn't quite what we were after, so we kind of dropped it in sideways after that and, and got that kind of... <laughs> Brilliant. ...that you were looking for. So experimentation with Foley is not... Yes. You. And I, I think that is also more fun. If you've got time, you know, if, you've, if you haven't done a stupid thing and said, I'm re- releasing this in a month, <laughs> and then you sort of have to push yeah. yourself to do that. I think if you, if you say you're going to release something, add another six weeks, ten weeks to that. Uh, give yourself some sanity space. But yeah. yeah, if you've got the time to make the foley, then yeah, I think it's so satisfying. There's a lovely pearl drop in um, Rosa Krantz and Gilda Stern aren't dead that um, mm. I actually sent my daughter off to do. It's my favourite thing, and my daughter did it. And basically, because she was like, "Can I help?" I was like, "Yeah, do this." So I gave her my HN1 <laughs> uh, Zoom, and she went downstairs. No, HN4. I lied. And um, yeah. yeah, she just dropped this marble on the floor of a wooden conservatory and it just sort of rolled around and it sort of does the whole goes across both sides of the thing. It just sounds glorious and it just gave depth to a moment that I thought was really groovy. So yeah, so just taking time to do other bits and or deploying other people to do some recording for you for Bits and Bobs is uh, definitely recommended for for happy solace of when you get it back. (laughs) Uh, My, like, if you want to be my friend, and this is a this is a, a thing. And I, Everyone's going yes. I'm, yes, I do. Yeah, they're all going yes, and I know that some of them are like have have never met me in person, and they're like yes, I want to be your friend, and those are the people I'm slightly worried about. <laughs> but if you want to be my friend, just send me sounds. Ooh, like just send me sounds. sounds. Yeah. Just any sounds, like like, and I will put them away. I have a I have. A, this beautiful crinkly sound from Felix Trench, mm. where he just goes, <laughs> and at the end he says, "I am unwrapping a fridge." 
and and he sent me that, and I was like, thank you, Felix. I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I'm going to do something with it. It will be, and you can slow that down and turn it into a launch of a spaceship, right? Exactly. Yeah, exciting. (laughs) I love that about Felix. But yeah, I, I think that's the thing, isn't it, about the creative things you can do and manipulating sounds, and do you play with that a lot? Do you, you don't uh, just use a sound oh, it is. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Manipulating sounds is half of sound design. It's yeah. like slowing things down, speeding things up, um, reverbing things. Uh, any any good digital audio workstation, so I'm not including Sadie in this, mm. uh, but any good digital audio workstation will have a bank of sound effects. Yeah. Use those to affect your sounds, you know? Mm. They, are, they are there for a reason. They will give depth and weirdness and <laughs> and all sorts of nonsense to your sound and yeah. so you should use it as often as you can yeah no I, i've been just playing with some distortion and other playful things which yes. have been quite quite fun indeed uh, <laughs> and music you are an absolutely stunning amazing musician i i asked ollie if uh, be interested in doing some some music for me and probably like a day later you'd come up with the um the music for the art podcast that i did that only my patreons have had so far um <laughs> but it's a it's a glorious thing called cheeky little paintings and uh, it's kind of got that chill vibe in fact let's just play a little bit of that music now La. oh you see isn't this glorious and it's got such a groovy vibe and you just did that from a very quick brief and then then came up with it and uh, and also the theme tune to this show oh, is yes. by you it which is, is gloriously awesome and uh, so yeah I, I how how have you become such a bloody brilliant musician Sir? what's um i started well one of the things was i started playing euphonium when i was in year three wow euphonium yeah can you give us a blast now uh no i can't unfortunately i don't own a euphonium anymore Um, i've got a trombone okay Okay. Uh, but it's in the other room and i need a mouthpiece and i'm very very rusty um uh, <laughs> Another time, we'll be prepared. We'll get you on again. There is there is the occasional bit of trombone or trumpet in um, Canaan Fields, just like smattered around for for good effect. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jenny's theme in particular has mm. has trombone. Jenny is a trombone. If you ever hear a trombone in Canaan Fields, it means Jenny's about. <laughs> or, Look at you or... theming the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you gotta, you gotta, like you got you got a whole. I think it was one of the things that drew me into radio to begin with is yeah. that, you know, it is a, I was like, you know, I was making music, I was making speech and I was like, well, how do, how do combine, how do you combine? And it's like, well, radio, radio is a mixture of sound and silence yeah. and speech and music and um, the way that you you can sort of experiment with all these different bits of genre and 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 stuff is is like like for me the podcast is like the final artistic realization of whatever it is that i, I was going for as a kid right you know right. it's it's mm-hmm. the it's that mix of um sound and speech and 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 yeah i love it um but yeah i've been playing euphonium and then i played piano and then i played guitar and then i played bass after playing guitar and trombone after playing euphonium and 
the electric piano after playing the piano. Um, and then I tried to do drums, but I wasn't very good at it. Um, I did some singing. I sang in the Royal Albert Hall as a kid. Uh, I also sang in the Birmingham Symphony in the Barbican Centre. Uh, uh, for the 21st anniversary of the snowman I was oh. the we're walking in the air kid so you did your proper up high beauteous yeah. singing oh Ollie are there recordings of it I can still sometimes like squeak out Panis Angelicus <gasps> no there are not there might be my grandmother probably has a copy yay grandmother let's tap her for that <laughs> no let's die it, insert it here <laughs> Oh, I don't think we've, we got it, did we? No, I, I. This was this was in like the noughties. You know, we did we weren't ripping music onto 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 computers yet. You know, the the iPod was just a glimmer in someone's eye. Yeah, in Steve Jobs' yeah, eye. True. It's crazy. So such heady days when kids talk to each other on a phone rather than just cl- clicking like. Just clicking the buttons uh, uh, <laughs> that don't exist because they're on a screen. It's just a piece of sheet metal, and then you occasionally break that screen, and it's like, well, this is a brick now. And then you're like, God dang. Let's not lament the loss of crazy society through <laughs> technology. But yeah, let's let's hear some glorious clips now, can we? From yes. from your wonderful show. So um, this, I'm just going to play them live, and we'll just see. Uh, We're going to have a what listen. exciting adventures uh, there are to unfurl. So, folks, this is a treat for you. Why, why have you chosen this first clip here? So, so this first clip is um, from uh, 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 the first episode. It's the first scene when when you asked uh, to to get some clips together. I panicked and I went to the Canaan Fields um, Patreon pay like the Patreon um, Discord. Yes, I was like, hey guys, yeah. What are your favourite bits about Canaan Fields? And one of the bits that came back is we like the monologues and we like how they occasionally just like aren't they they just lie to each other or they like they you know they they there's just something always a bit wrong with them. Um. So I so I was like, yeah, let me let me grab a scene. Cool. Well, let's have a listen. Here we go. After a prolonged fall, winter came in at sharp right angles as I made my way back to our offices. On a night that began in rain and ended in snow, I met a dame I'd never forget. Joy. She wasn't much at first glance. Small, dark. The kind of girl you imagined your mother was at her age. But beyond the simple skirt and large winter coat, a poise and elegance transcending time, and a very fine profile. That's just Brutus Fields, my partner. Brutus, this is Joy Atkinson. Yep. Now, please, you said this was about your husband. The woman had no interesting features to me, but I could see through her waves of smoky brown hair that she was cute. She had her small frame hidden in large coats and was wholesome in a wholly metropolitan way. She was obviously not at her best, though. She was being held down by grief as a bad joke on a good name. In some lines of business, you meet people on the worst day of their life. Very rarely, in my previous occupations, I've been a bailiff of their sins come real. In in a way, but more about my baby. We, We don't handle missing child cases. Oh no, they're not lost. I'm sorry, this is all a little strange. Strange is the level at which we operate. 
<laughs> That's the end of the first clip. So yes, a beautiful example there, yeah, of just one of uh, the in- introductions to a new exciting adventure, really, isn't it? And mm. uh, when you're writing that kind of monologue, do you have specific hit points that you aim for? Um, um, what, what is a good monologue? What does that mean? Well... <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think when when we were first writing Kane and Fields I was convinced that Fields would be an American. Mm, okay. So or that I would do an American accent like you know just down here you know a poise and elegance that transcended time and a very fine profile. Um that's kind of absurdity which thankfully we didn't do. Um I, I all I knew is that I had just watched I'd also just watched The Freshman. <laughs> Which was about, uh, you know, a geek playing American football, and I just remembered that there was this, there was this line about the love interest of the film, which was the kind of girl you imagined your mother was at her age, mm. and I just, well, I was just, look, I just read that and I said, that is just the most beautifully Freudian thing that has ever been said by anyone, <laughs> and in this show where all we're doing is exploring the unconscious, that's got to be, the f- that's got to be in like yeah. the first line. Yeah, you know, love it. the rain winter came in at sharp right angles. It's just, mm. uh, it's just how I feel about the weather. They're all memorable. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah, there was, there was, you know, a good joke on her bad name, and and it was, it was just trying to get, get. It's like it's noir. Do you get it? It's noir. And noir is this, <laughs> is this, is this, is this on? It's noir. That was. <laughs> that was kind of the um... yeah hit us over the head and make it clear why don't you yeah no I, I love that and the style of it definitely lends itself and I, I think you know folks are familiar with noir as a as a style I'm sure throughout you know, whoever has uh, you know history of watching television and uh, for some folks as well you know the tradition of the old time radios for America as well I'm sure would have heard a lot of groovy things in, in the style that you're, you're yeah yeah. Making your own. The the so the other thing I was going to mention about that scene is is Jude's sort of beautiful sound design and just sort of setting it in the centre of London, mm. uh, and uh, you know the 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 sort of screeching of cars, the the air, you know, the sirens, all these sorts of things that sort of give yeah. it a place and time. It's pretty much in the centre. And of I've got my piano mm. here. I'm just going to see if I can. It's like. Which was all. It was all just about. Um, Beautiful. It was like like that's that's all just in a D Dorian scale, which is the key that Miles Davis plays. So what mm, in? Yeah. And and it was just all. It yeah. That whole. You know, it's the first scene. It's your first contact with the world. Mm. And I have listened to and switched off podcasts based on the first thirty seconds, based <gasps> off the first two seconds Ouch. one time. Gosh, you're a harsh I'm really, master. I'm really harsh. There was, there was one, there was one podcast that started "Hello, I guess," and I was like, "Well, I can't." If you, if you don't know, <laughs> then I'm not gonna invest time in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there needs to be a new standard Ollie test. Whenever you've made your podcast, send it to Ollie. Is he gonna listen to more than two seconds? Will I or listen not? To more than two seconds. 
Oh man, that's that's quite amazing. I mean, I I at least do listen to a full episode, even if I hate it, and I'm just thinking this is not for me. I did accidentally listen to an episode of Starship Illyria as well once, which I had to listen to all the way through. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of crazy fun to be had with um yeah being that discerning i suppose because yes there are a lot a lot a lot of shows now aren't there and what really puts you off then just if we can sidetrack oh, into that avenue i'm not sure there's not i think i don't know i at this point in in the in the sort of audio fiction scene you you really have to do something to stand out yeah. and and I don't know your your theme, your your point, your process, your your something. You have to, you have to, you have to try and grab your listener with your first line. You have to grab them with that first sound. So, Super. so yeah. So so you got you got to you got to sort of set yourself apart. And if that's with a bang or with a whimper or with like oh man, I want to hear a podcast start with a whimper, <laughs> like an actual whimper. Cool. You, you gotta there's you just gotta you gotta drag your audience into the world. And and whether that's with a piece of music or whether that's just with sound design, you know, like like the the I you know, you could make the argument that actually the clip we played is way too busy. You know, there are bits of dialogue that you can't hear. I've had a I've had a friend, uh, James Curtis, who I'm I'm yeah. working on some Huzzahs for James. Yeah. Um, hey, hello James. <laughs> uh, hello James, if you're listening to this. Um, but um, we've had a a conversation about this before and he he says you know there is something pervasive in your work which is that you you go for timbre of word over like clarity of word mm, um interesting. <laughs> yes. uh, in a in a in a recent episode of the lightning bottler he had one line which he did for four minutes he kind of gave me a four minute clip of just i heard they've got one up in a room reading books and that was mm. the line yeah. And the version I went for was the one where he went, I already got one in a room reading books. <laughs> where it's it's borderline incomprehensible, but it but the but the but the cadence is right, you know? It's yeah. it's rhythms. Yeah. It's about the rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I love that very much. And yeah, I do think that as a voice actor, I think you do find try and find the lyricism and I think I think it was Georgian Cobb I was speaking to about imagining your cast as members of an orchestra yes uh, for a Mediva episode um, go touch that out it's great uh, great chat and um, yeah I, I just love that concept of like oh I think I'm probably a bit of a, a flute now and then and <laughs> then probably the people pulper maybe some kind of bassoon. deep bassoon yes yeah. <laughs> So I'm the flute family, I feel, very twittery and a bit of a meanderer. But um, yeah, I, I think that that's a wonderful way of, way of saying things. Well, let's have a look at our second clip, shall we? And uh, what have you chosen this to purvey? Uh, what so delights await? Oh, yes. The second clip is uh, the the moment in which the entire world of Canaan Fields unravels. Uh, when Brutus Fields is hit by a car. The narrator in this is Greta Clarkson, who plays Hannah Turnwood Knott. Here we go. It happened. Right next to him, the tear, the rip, the same place where the plaque was. Ripped, stolen, moved like a Photoshop tool. Kane and I were running, sprinting even. We didn't know what we could do or what we should do. We didn't know anything. The root beer that he'd been sipping on moments ago spiralled into a little cosmos. 
A little nebula, and I saw it. Pumped by adrenaline and pumped by grief. Christ. I don't want to describe what happened. Fields was walking, and it came running. The bimbag demon didn't even seem to see him, only focusing on the doll. Next to Fields was a boxy European car, and suddenly Brutus, a 6'8-ish, 400-pound-ish man, crashed through it, nose bloody, scared and confused. Honestly, my heart wrenched a little. The stars are out that night, and an awful thing, not secured, came looking for him. Heart, wrought, shoulder, fall, car, demon. It stood over Howard the Doll and reached out a grim and devoid of colour hand to it. I hoped, I hoped above all hope that Brutus hadn't died, as a pool of his blood. Kane tried to body check the damn thing, but he fell through it, missing it entirely. But not in our reality. God, my mind hurts. I remember the curve coming up to meet me, reality fading into abstract consciousness, with mortality veering off into a block of blood-fueled hatred. Did I live? Did these two idiot heroes live? Are they heroes? David Bowie met me. Would he think I was interested? No. Please, no. Just a man, Lucifer. Just a man convinced of his divinity. Just a man. This. I am not saying this. What? Please, no magnet. My left eye rolls back into my head and my arms bend backwards. For a moment, I see that with different and disparate moments, I could be Lucifer Kane. I am Lucifer Kane, as much as he is nothing, a projection. I'm staring at Kane, but I do not see him. I see past him and through him. He is cracked at the middle like a teacup. No, he turns to the left and flows a sickly purple, his body crackling. With one sick, flowing motion, he grabs his partner, and for a second, I fully understand. Energy to particles to matter. Dark flows from one and is grounded by the other. It's beautiful for a moment. It's tragic for an eternity. He needs to feel this world, for he is not and cannot. We know, and we can't split them. Split them. Split them. Split them. Partner takes partner in an embrace. My left eye shields itself, lest I lose my mind. But my right eye, my right eye sees. Yes. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, superb. And there's obviously, gosh, there's massive things happening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's so very easily vivid to 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 conjure up right because of what you've done with the music and the sounds and the voices and the play so yeah talk us through some elements of of, of why you wanted to to showcase that today so i wanted to showcase that partially because it's my it's my favorite bit of sound design from uh season one mm. um it's also my favorite uh that that monologue was untouched by me like uh jack sort of sent it to me and i was like this is the weirdest thing I have ever read and I I can't wait to sound design this. I can't wait to kind of turn this into a real thing. Yeah. It, it's also 
what uh, the one of the things that someone was saying on the Canaan Fields patron last night is that Canaan Fields is a very visual show for them. Mm. Like uh, the there's there's a way in which it it sort of fills the mind with image. Yeah, definitely. Um, so 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 in that scene, it's it's a pretty simple scene. Brutus just gets hit by a car while a demon tries to steal a doll from him. Cain mm. tries to grab uh, the demon but fails, and then uh, and then I think. At the end of it, he he does a wrestling move on on Brutus. <laughs> yes, which is just so that's what's happening in in the action of the scene. Yes, but at the same time, Hannah is is a uh, is sort of uh, going through this whole seeing the universe thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and so there there was there were a couple of things at play here. First, the music. The music I. Um, I just I love playing with bass and drums like the oh, that you can you can just distort them to hell and it just sounds <laughs> wonderful. Um, I also uh, the the bin bag demon itself we we mm. had a lot of like when it came to the sound design Jack was also always very insistent that the magic w- should sound earthy it should never mm. sound kind of digital. Okay, but yeah. with this particular character, this is a character that uh, the the sort of the bin bag demon later revealed to be a member of the British government's uh, mm-hmm. sort of secret uh, magic forces. They are something that is that is sort of wrong with magic. They right. So we wanted to... And because it's Hannah's Keep vision rather than mm. Kane and Fields' vision, mm. we wanted it to be sort of a bit more digital. Right. Um, then Hannah falls down. I had a clip which I had from a Tascam. I don't know. It was like a th- one-second-long clip of someone just going, Ah! <laughs> and I slowed it down and it just created this kind of ah! <laughs> this sort of beautiful kind of guttural uh, uh, sort of yeah. calling noise and I was like right okay well that's going in an episode somewhere <laughs> yeah so always save things because you never know where you're going to use them always save things you oh. never know what what you're going to use at, and at which moment um uh so yeah so I just wanted to showcase that because it is a it is a mix of uh some of the best writing some of the best sound design uh some of the weirdest uh and what you can kind of expect from Kane and Fields which is yeah. <laughs> which is to the unexpected as it were mm, yeah tales of the unexpected brought yes. to, to life in audio form but yeah I, I think as well just the, the richness of of that mix of things all together and I think some people would find the balance of that really hard yeah Um, Yeah. and trying to get that dialogue to sit on top of and around and inside and wherever you're going to move it next uh, to the (laughs) in the scenes and yeah I mean any tips for people to to develop and hone those kind of skills Hmm. again I'm going to keep saying trial and error like (laughs) like there was you know it was a it was a bastard of a scene to mix because there are so many loud elements in it and so many um yep. different varying levels but i guess one of the tips i would say is that we we had voices tend to sit on a spectrum of mm. an eq so it's usually about a thousand hertz but it sort of varies depending on the voice you have yeah so one of the things that we were trying to do was to keep hannah's actual sort of sound file uh, or greta's sound file very very um, sort of clean 
and have mm. the music sort of be around it, have the sound design be around that sort of little spectrum that that, uh, that Gretchen around. was talking. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The mm. other reason I remember the other reason I wanted to show that clip. Greta Clarkson was the first person to uh, read Canaan Fields after me and Jack. Oh. And Greta read all six of the scripts and gave us feedback on all sorts of things and helped us divide the final episodes into part oh. one and part two. And right. was was basically a an absolute linchpin of of kind of getting it edited and and has done the same for the second season I as see. well. Um, mm. one of the, uh, and, and the deal was, is like, you get to play a character. Um, and, yeah. and, and I don't know who suggested she play Hannah. It might have been Greta. Okay. It might have been me, but certainly I was, I was absolutely convinced that once I heard it or once I thought of it, it was like, there was no other choice in my mind. It's like, Greta should play yes. Hannah. Locked, Locked in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groovy. Cool. So, for your final clip, Ollie, what have you chosen? Uh, to I have chosen the arguably the the most illegal clip in Canaan Fields. <laughs> How exciting! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're just going to leave it at that and have a listen and talk about it after. Here we go. Illegal hats on, folks. Morning, Luce. It's twelve oh four. Afternoon, Luce. Afternoon. Coffee? No, thank you. Anything interesting in the post? Yes, actually. A letter from an old colleague of mine. He's recently taken over as the head curator of the P&E. The museum? No, the bloody ferry company. Of course the museum. Interesting. Says here he's planning to open up a new exhibit on dreaming. There's going to be an opening tonight. Uh, the star exhibit is some treasure unearthed in Afghanistan. Lacanian Stone. It's a pretty western name for Afghan treasure. Yeah, colonialism. What can you do? Reparations. How do you atone for a stolen culture? Ugh. Big check. That might work. Lucifer. Yes? I have a question for you. Go on. How do you deal with bad dreams? Well, we could always, you know, hire the services of Cain Fields. <laughs> You've been having bad dreams? Yes, for a, a while Anything consistent? No. Well, in all seriousness, you do what we do with every client. Drill down, find the root, find what causes it, and deal with that. It's a lot easier if there's like a third party though, right? There won't always be a third party. Which leads me back to my original question. How do you deal with bad dreams? Oh, how, how do I deal with bad dreams? I studied Fields. The bags under his eyes, often obscured by his glasses, seemed to sag below the rims. He looked exhausted. Brutus doesn't often open up to me, not fully. I looked at his eyes, glistening, pleading. I suppose we have been going through a lot of tough cases. Yeah. And you never properly learn to master your self-conscious, but... But what? Your ignorance is what protects you. It's what keeps you on this side, away from their prying eyes. Yeah, but I'm working with you. They're bound to notice me. Hmm. Brutus, listen carefully. There, there is something coming. If you want to learn, 
truly, then I can no longer guarantee your safety. Do you understand? I do. Okay then. Well, instruction begins immediately. Kane went back behind his desk and produced a small pewter box with an emerald embedded in the centre. As he opened up the box, I could see tobacco, rolling papers, a grinder and a sandwich bag full of a dark reddish-brown herb with flakes of crystal caught between its roots. So, okay, so, so what is this? This is Jungian hemp, grown in the wilds of the Colombian rainforest. The, the way it works is it boosts your cortex with about 200 times more dopamine than, than it really needs. Mm. Um, you'll become a, a wakeful dreamer for a short time. And the black papers are some sort of potent ingredient that makes me able to pass the meta-reality of the my vision or something. No, I just thought they looked cool. Um, I mean, that's true enough. You have to think of this like beating a dirt path. With a dirt path, it's communal. It's an agreement. Everyone who wanders down that path beats the grass, hardens the clay underneath, and then... People follow that path as well. It's an infrastructure built by a communal agreement. Okay. With union hemp, it's like that. What's going to happen is I'm going to prepare you a dose, you're going to take it, and then you're going to keep doing that every day. And before long, the neural paths in your brain that light up when you smoke it will eventually become easier to navigate. But... Then... Sober, you'll have to try and think the way that you were thinking. You have to tread the path as well. Then it stops becoming a novelty of thought and um, starts becoming a structure of thinking. Does that make sense? No. Damn. Well, I tried. Completed. Kane chucked the black cigarillo on the desk in front of me and went to get his coat. You stay here and observe the effects. How am I going to do that? Whatever, man. It's your experience. Paint. Do, do write a poem. Follow a sonnet structure. I, you do you. I'll be back this evening. Sounds good, my dude. I'll be back. Bye. Laters. Just smoke it? Yes, just, no, just smoke it. Okay. It's not scary. Okay. The dreams are scary. Yes. The, the union hemp is good. Okay. It's good for you. All right. It builds character. Okay. Bye. Bye. And there we have it. So, <laughs> so, so you asked me um, what I want to see more of in audio drama, yes. and the answer is illicit activities. <laughs> um, genuinely, like it's we talked about Lady Chatterley's Lover earlier, but like Radio Four would not let you do a drug scene, right? Right. In any way, shape, or form. Yes. Let alone rolling it live on, uh, live on camera or on on recording devices. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that scene in particular, like, there's there's a couple of things going on. One of them is that um, when we were putting it together, me and Jude, uh, we we were discussing how the sort of the lens of it changes over time. Like, it starts with 
this sort of very clean room tone of like you're in the room and then it sort of dials back as if you're sort of listening to it through like a a, a recording device like mm. you know like a bug in the office kind yeah. of thing yeah yes um you've got the music which makes it just feel very cold war yes um straight away yes uh and and yeah and then you have the 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 illicit activity which which is sort of the center of the scene um the other the other other thing is the there are there are two names dropped in that uh lacanian the lacanian stone Mm -hmm. which is a reference to lacan uh, and the uh, and Jungian hemp, which is a reference to Jung. Yeah. One of the things that uh, Terrible Dactyl uh, said in our in our chat yesterday was that uh, they always like that there's um, the like in any given script there's an episode there's at least a reference to one thing that is inherently key to understanding the episode uh... or foreshadows or deepens the subtext if you Google it. Yes. So, 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 yeah. So, Clever if you know you're young, if you know you're Lacan, then, then, um, yeah. then that 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 scene is a bit funnier. Oh, see, I um, love that. Yeah, you, <laughs> see, that's the little gems that we need that make us feel a bit more clever as as listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, superb. And yeah, again, just the the depth of it and the richness of it and the rapport between you two, you know, is just yes. superb. Just good, great fun to listen to. It's and it's that it's that sort great. of. Sherlock Holmes Watson dialogue but as someone again as someone said on the discord it's it doesn't it doesn't it's not just a smart one and the one who asks questions there's mm, mm. they there's both depth. have their smart moments they both have their daft moments yeah. well they're real they feel real, real. I think yeah. you know and, and and you know elements of it do sort of caricature now and then and play off and do all sorts of amazing things but yeah essentially they are believable folks right yeah uh, which is, is superb and I, I want to just sort of sidestep into you've mentioned Patreons and Discord and things like that yes. a few times and yeah I mean as a, uh, a company when did you start to think right we 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 should try and get us some support here i, th- um, I think it was when we were making the second season mm. we were like right let's see if we 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 mostly were curious like we wanted we wanted to do a patron f- so that there would be a place for fans to go basically. yeah nice yeah um and so that's why we've always kept it as a buck yeah. To to be a client. Yes. You know, we haven't got a tiered system. Yes. Everyone gets access to everything. Mm. Um, you know, we're 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 perhaps not as good at, you know, the as a as a company, we're probably not particularly good at sort of oh gosh, I feel bad saying this. We could we could always do better when it comes to sort of delivering on on like scripts and bits and bobs and stuff. But we promise nothing and deliver less and that's that's our that's our guarantee. <laughs> that needs a t shirt. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I have a Patreon and I absolutely adore my Patreon. They are the reason this show is even in existence, right? Because yeah. they've kept me going. And so Patreons, you never know how much the power of a dollar can have to just yeah. spur someone on to just keep creating. And, and I think I do have a lot of supporters that are actually from the creative uh, world. And I guess, you know, they've appreciated some mm. of the things that I've pinged out, which is just the best feeling ever. And so I I think, yeah, kudos to anyone who is patroning any audio fiction today. You're a gem and we love you. And, Absolutely. And keep doing it because it's wonderfully helpful. Yes. <laughs> it's so exciting as a creative, isn't it, when you do get to, to interact with folks. And Absolutely. I, I think, yeah, kudos to anyone as well who's, um, you know, trying to r- 
run the back end of those things because it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Have you found that side of things hard as a creative? Oh, absolutely. Like, like uh, we have a very small fandom, which is kind of a blessing. Like, I've been watching what's happened with the Rusty Quill and stuff, and it's yes. like, oh, God. It's massive. I can't yeah. imagine having 13,000 people in a server. <laughs> We've got about... 60 to 100 and that's mm. like enough yeah 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 so yeah. don't subscribe to our patreon i'm <laughs> please subscribe to our patreon no please do but Wonderful. um <laughs> you have a lovely time <laughs> you will have a lovely time um but but sort of the point being that like there's there's a lot of room for uh sort of for it to go wrong i'm yeah. at the well, moment the server yeah. is manageable at the moment the patron is manageable. There might come a day where we go, all right, there's too much. We're going. <laughs> Goodbye forever. And just wipe ourselves off the face of the planet. No, we um, can't say that. Well, it's, it's, there's a joy in ending thing. That's all I'm oh, saying. You said that. This is a cyclical thing now. This is your storytelling <laughs> hat on, look. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I guess to, 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 to add to it, we're coming to the end of the podcast episode. No. Sad faces. Um, but, yeah, I, I just wonder then, just as sort of parting shot of wonderful advice from your wonderful creative head, if someone is perhaps at the stage where they haven't quite started anything yet, but they've got the scripts... Um, what advice would you give them to to make that into something absolutely stunning on the landscape? Uh, get a friend who loves it as much as you do, oh. and and then you will not feel alone in making it. Like yeah. like the the thing that has always slowed down production has been moments where I'm like, oh god, I'm on my own here, mm-hmm. and then I remember, oh no, I'm not on my own. I got a Jude and a Jack. Yeah. And I can bounce off them, and I can get energy from them, and and they can get energy from me, and and all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah. like it's it's always important to kind of have have a team around you, even if that team is just there to give you moral support. Like, yeah. shout your cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. get a yeah, cheerleader. Yeah. Get a, get get someone you trust, and 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 sort of make something with. Because it's always it's always it's hard to create in a vacuum. It's much easier to create when you're when you're sort of collaborating. Mm, I agree. There's nothing more fun or finer or the solace of me is working with other people, I have to say, yeah. on groovy things. I very much enjoy uh, the teaching side of things in that respect for the Quirky Voices courses too. And I'm very much in the thick of, of producing their showcase pieces right now, which is very exciting to bring out into Ooh. the world. So I, I hope it makes them happy too, you know, that they've, well, with the collaboration with other folks on the course, created some wonderful characters and hopefully learnt that along the way yeah. <laughs> so brilliant well yes well good luck with your forwards onwards adventures thank sir. you and and i have to say we haven't talked about it much for this because i wanted to focus very much on on Kane and fields but the lightning bottle is one of my favorite things to listen to oh, well, thank you. and um you've been absolutely made up to also have a little role in the last one that you've released um of, of just absolute joyous character and i think if you love <laughs> wordsmithery and you love a kind of stream of consciousness approach uh, with a sinister edge <laughs> then then yes. jump in and enjoy the lightning bottle because I just think it's just such a fun listen and yeah how did that come about is that something that you've just wanted oh, to do for a while um, I I was writing poetry and I was like uh, like mm. a year ago to, to sort of figure yes. out my brain and and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna record this. 
And then I was like, oh, I've recorded one. Let me make another one. And then I made two. And I was like, okay, I'll chat to my mate Dave Pickering because I've wanted to work with him for a while. Dave we Pickering made... storytelling, Dave Yeah, Pickering. storytelling, yeah, Dave, Dave Pickering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, did a, we did a wonderful one called Towns, which is about 45 minutes long, has mm. Dave and Greta in it. Yes. Um, and, and it's about every town ever. Um, I think the version on Anchor is a bit busted, but you can find all of them in WAV form on my uh, 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 Bandcamp, which yes. is fmdrec.bandcamp.com. Oh, the lightning bottle is available there. there in WAV. And and also you'll find some of Ollie's absolutely astounding music too. This is true. Um, which, uh, can people buy it? Can people yes, of course. use it? Can people have it? You can buy the discography for under a fiver. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, go go search out Ollie's Awesome on there and enjoy the lightning bottle. And of course, you must enjoy the, the excitement of Kane and Fields. And what's next for Kane and Fields? What's the, the future? Uh, we got two more episodes and the season is done. And then I think we'll go on uh, extended hiatus and then we'll be back with something at some point. How groovy is that? You see, didn't put a deadline, didn't say it's next nope. week. He left it open so you <laughs> didn't don't even have say to there'd panic. be a third season. You didn't even say that. You're very clever. Uh, <laughs> well, happy creating you. Absolutely. It's been wonderful talking Thank to you. you. And I hope folks have enjoyed listening too. And do look Ollie up and enjoy all of Ollie's wares. And uh, yeah, have fun out there, sir. All right. Cheerio. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Well, that was certainly an education, wasn't it? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> oh, me and Ali could have chatted for days, especially if there's a few points involved, I'm sure. And uh, I just I just recently recorded uh, one of the newest shows that he's written with the brilliant and lovely James Curtis. And, oh, I cannot wait for that one to come out. It's called Nightlife and has a very, very groovy cast with Beth Air, Maeve the Broom, Caroline Minx, Kareem Cromfley, Conrad Nitzuk, Graham Robert, oh my goodness, and oh, quirky voices, voice acting course alumni, Sivan Raz, so exciting, and there's so many more folks involved, so yeah, do, do keep an eye out for that, and uh, also, of course, the rest of the NDA episodes. Coming up, the fabulous David Beck of Wireless Theatre and more chatting on all things groovy shows. Happy birthday to Wireless as well for this month of April. They're 15 this year. How exciting and amazing is that? So yeah, hearty thanks to them and especially Marielle René-Quebec for inspiring so many on this beauteous audio fiction scene. Well, thank you also so much for listening and do pass this on if you've enjoyed Indie, Indie AF. AF. Sorry I say it like that. It's probably annoying. I can't help myself, right? Anyway, happy creating all. Till next time. Bye. I'm the owner of The Flame. Here at The Flame, everyone's family. And just like a family, when things get tough, we band together. We'll keep it lit, lit, lit. Don't ever quit, quit, quit. We'll never let the flame go out.
Join us every Wednesday at The Flame to hear how I save my bar and maybe, just maybe, fall in love. The Flame, an original podcast musical on the Broadway Podcast Network.